Hey everyone, it's Dario Kristen with AfterBuzz TV. Did you know that TrueCar.com is changing car buying experiences forever? Yes, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Although, some features are not available in all states. But it's okay. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off of MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these easy steps. It's just three of them. First, you go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people pay for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. The third step is so simple. Just print out your true savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience overall. Remember, everyday TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save your money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Falling Skies After Show. What? Hello and welcome, After Buzzers. There's the there is the opening. Song. They took over for a second. You they know? took over for a second. It's all good. Uh, yeah, for a second, these Benny just took over our wavelengths mm-hmm. and just uh, and just decided that. to not. They can do that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but welcome, After Buzzers, to another episode of Falling Skies on After Buzz. This is uh, season four, episode five, also known as Mind Wars. We just wrapped up watching My Wars or Mind Wars. Mind Wars. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> you're, you're joking with me. I'm messing with you right now. Yeah. With me. Totally the messing. person messing with me is Roya. Hi, guys. Roya's up across from me. And we don't have Phil with us. Phil uh, Phil is busy being an executive producer for AfterBuzz and has a million jobs, so he couldn't do this one. So I'm, I'm on the rotating list of, of hosting this yes. week. <laughs> but across from me and next to Roya, I know Roya's really happy about this, we have joining <laughs> us from the cast from Falling Skies, he plays Hal Mason. Everybody, it is... Is Drew Roy. Woo! Drew Roy. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on here. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been it's been a great ride so far. Uh, watching these past four seasons, it's awesome to be able to, to see this episode with you. Hear a, hear a little inside stuff here and there, and we get to talk a little bit. And uh, we're just going to recap this episode right now. And feel free uh, to throw in whatever you want to throw in, any insights or anything. Fantastic. Uh, you know, in case we mess something up, you can just like you know give us a slap on the wrist. Nice. Just don't hit us like Anne hit that monk. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. that. Was pretty. That was pretty legit. And if you beat me, it's going to make him bruise. So it'll be that way. Oh, well, that yeah. might be worth it's seeing. <laughs> he feels woman, the pain. Yeah. Be interesting. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I don't know. Uh, okay, so let's get started here. Uh, I want to let's start talking really about um, let's talk about about the beginning where we uh, where we start off, which is uh, Tom Mace, Tom Mason and Dan and Coaches have rescued uh, Tom's youngest son Matt. So they're on the run right now, or they're actually trying to catch up to Hal to you. They're trying to get to the base, and I thought it was a really interesting first scene. 
with the rabbit. Mm-hmm. We see that, uh, I guess they've been on the road for a little bit because Matt mentions he hasn't eaten in three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, on their way to rendezvous with you guys, and they see a cottontail. They see a little rabbit that Tom's about to shoot. And I, th- I think this is a very symbolic scene because of what happens later on. That's why I want to bring it up, too. But we see that Matt, we definitely see Matt is, has been affected by what happened, uh, at the, at the Nazi camp, as we like to call it, mm-hmm. since it's just very similar to the Nazi camp. Uh, so we definitely see that a little bit. He doesn't want the rabbit to die. Or to get shot, even though it might mean him going hungry a little bit longer. Yeah, this is an ending that Bambi would have preferred. Just yes. saying, <laughs> if for the hunter to be Matt, like, had their son. Yeah. If only Matt was there when Bambi yeah. when Bambi no. came out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it would have been a different ending. It would have been awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but maybe this was the story of Thumper. Okay, sorry guys. Maybe a little off topic there, but maybe that's how Thumper became Thumper. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, Go it's on. okay. It's okay. Thumper was a... I like Thumper. Just Thumper's a good character. I totally get it. But anyway, anyway, uh, Matt hesitating or making Tom hesitate uh, makes the rabbit go away. Makes It makes the rabbit go away. Whatever it meant. The well, rabbit runs the rock. off. Yeah, Matt throws the rock at yes. it, too. Yeah. So that made the rabbit go away. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so, uh, and we see... Uh, so, I-, I wanted to set that off just because of later on, but we definitely see that Dan and Tom and and Matt have gone to the base and they get that cryptic message Croatoan, uh, mm-hmm. Croatoan yeah. with the coordinates from you and they notice that all the equipment's uh, not working and they're able to ascertain uh, that you guys are going 30 miles southwest over to uh, what I like to say Chinatown but you mm-hmm. called it Shangri-La, Shangri-La I like, yeah. I like Shangri-La better actually that's a better <laughs> name for that place so uh, yeah so these guys have been on the road for a bit and uh, and you know we, we get to see them uh, which I thought was really funny when, when Tom actually sees these two guys uh, camped out uh, in that little in that little space well, don't forget like, the whole Jurassic Park scene that Drew was. was mentioning the little montage or what's the word when you are oh I'm sorry oh my goodness yeah, Le- yeah. I'm <laughs> skipping ahead because that was so awesome we see the overlord who <laughs> is uh, pissed off mm-hmm. he's totally yeah. pissed off from last episode we saw Scorched. that we saw that at the end of uh, of last week when he did that really weird uh, magical Harry Potter mm. Mount Doom type thing we were, we were thinking with the with the piece of coal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was it, thinking it, Wicked Witch from the East West. Which one? Wicked <laughs> Witch from the West. Yeah, don't you look into a ball as well? Or the queen from Snow White. You mean looking in the mirror? I don't know. Uh-huh. Something like that. Well, anyway. Can you shed some light on their names? They kept calling each other Gemini. Now, someone on YouTube made... Geminis. A, Geminis. Geminis? Oh, okay. Yes, Geminis. Someone made a comment on YouTube, too, that like Gemini, it's twins. Mm-hmm. So that's why they call them each other that. Do you know why they're named or what they are named? Huh. Well, the uh, the the angry one that um, that Tom scorches mm-hmm. was always referred to as Scorch in the script. So when <laughs> really? when that particular scene came up uh, that you're talking about last week, seeing Jiminus and I forgot what the other guy's name was as well, but um, that was the first time we'd ever heard of such thing. Mm-hmm. I like that theory though, oh. the, the twins. Um, yeah, because we noticed that they both called each other. They, them. they called each other Jiminus. It's uh, we we checked it and it sounded like they were both talking to each other as Jiminus. Oh, but. That's why the the Gemini uh, theory sounds really mm-hmm. good. But at least for this one, it seems like Overlord and Monk sound like really two good descriptions to describe both of them right now because that's the way they referred to them both in I this episode. I still like RoboCop and Jedi. That's my theory. Okay, <laughs> RoboCop. You can call it, we can call them RoboCop and Jedi if you want. <laughs> okay. I like Jedi. I don't know about RoboCop. I haven't seen him do anything like RoboCop-y. He makes sounds when he walks. 
Okay. <laughs> a guy on stilts when he's walking yes. around like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had never seen that performed until we're just kicking it one day on set, and then he walks, and it was quite impressive. So wait, so so the uh, the guy who does the uh, Ashvani mm-hmm. is usually on stilts. Again, I, I didn't shoot a scene with it, but uh, uh-huh. we had a kid come in one time for um, a Make-A-Wish Foundation, and we had this huge presentation that we put on for yeah. him, and one of the things was to have the, this overlord come in, mm. and sure enough, he's on stilts walking around. He's actually the same guy who is all of our skitters. Oh, so, so it's uh, it's Keith. Huh. It's Keith. Okay, because yeah. we yeah. talked about Keith. We yeah. talked about Keith before the show started because you were telling me we were talking about um, playing to the aliens and playing to all the special effects and how you get to do that. And you mentioned the w- w- you know if anyone's familiar with uh, this kind of genre, a lot of times they use the C stand with the mm-hmm. uh, tennis balls. So you said there's definitely that, but with mm-hmm. the skitters, you got that guy oh. um, skidding around on that chair. <laughs> yeah, it's a chair. It's very similar to this with no back on it. Yeah, he sort of scoots around. He gets into it. He's got the hands going. He doesn't have any legs. That's all in post. But uh, yeah, it's it's, it's nice to be able to have that. Like, (laughs) Hmm, I don't think he does make any noises. No, just to knock knock you out of character. If uh, he he just moves around. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome though. So Keith, uh, yeah. Definitely. Hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. If you're, if you're watching, <laughs> you do great work. Yeah. Uh, so keep on rolling, brother. Anyway, <laughs> so let's get back to the Overlord, or, or as we can also call him, Keith, uh, <laughs> who is uh, really pissed off. But Tom, I, it's amazing how Tom and uh, and Matt got away from him. Pretty much, it was it was it was a bit comical. Uh, <laughs> I'm guess I'm gonna say that the Overlord is just so pissed off that he just isn't really thinking straight because. Uh, their emotions must get the best of them yeah. often. Because, yeah, we do seem to scoot out of things in interesting ways sometimes. From time to time. Yeah. A little bit yeah. interesting considering the technology at their disposal. <laughs> yeah, and, they, uh, they, they've they come a long way and then I guess know. they just forget stuff. Every like time. a simple thing like you with the rock later on. <laughs> you know, you know, just using that kind of hey, technology. another rock. <laughs> another rock. You know, exactly. Matt threw a rock at the bunny. Yeah. <laughs> so tons of rocks going on. Anyway, so uh, Matt... And uh, Tom end up escaping, and they, uh, you know, you know what? Let's actually move on. Uh, let's save. Let's save the stuff with Cooper and Nick for a little bit later. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your group. Okay. Because you guys obviously you left your uh, you left the base, and you left that code for your dad, and for your for uh, for Tom, and you have a similar you have a similar problem right now in, in that you're being pursued. Obviously, you left the base because you knew that uh, you were going to get attacked very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and right now the problem that uh, that at you and Pope and Sarah and Tector and all of the groups having is that you can't get around this wall of mechs right. that are all around. You're surrounded pretty much, and then uh, and then to boot, uh, you got Shaq there too, mm-hmm. trying to help out. So uh, you know, very interesting. I mean, you've taken a lot more of a leadership position. So this, uh, I would say, working with Shaq. In particular, for how working with Shaq and obviously getting, you got along with Pope pretty well this episode. It seems like yeah, after finally face to face last episode. Yeah, like we, we've sort of found a little respect for each other. We needed mm-hmm. to have it out, and just like Hal says, he appreciates what he did. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't appreciate the way he did it. I think they both realize that they are of value to each other. They just don't like each other. 
So we're having to put that behind us. Well, with Pope, it's it's pretty similar to him, you know, with everybody, I guess, or yeah. at least with Tom. It's yeah. kind of a similar relationship. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I, I suppose Pope thought he can get one over on Hal a little bit more often with some mind games. I mean, it was it was actually really fun last week. I believe it was last week with him and Sarah coming back mm-hmm. and giving you a little uh, a little what for there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that was pretty hilarious. I love <laughs> I love uh, well, I'm loving Sarah. We haven't yeah. seen enough of her in this episode, but Mira Servino plays her great. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, so it's beautiful. But uh, but really, let's let's talk about this because I think it's really awesome uh, what we see. We see Shaq come up with this idea to uh, to be able to figure out how to get around the the mechs, and it involves you throwing a rock. <laughs> I think Hal came and, up with that idea. And running. I guess Hal probably came up. Yeah, I guess that's Which not a Shaq idea. Like, oh, guys, really? That's my plan? The one time I've got to take a mech down, I'm going to throw a rock at it. Yes. Okay. And I, I think it's just awesome teamwork all around. And just an awesome, I, I, that scene in general I thought was just really, really awesome really to watch. It. Because yeah. I really loved, you throw the rock, you start running, yeah. and then to see you do that skid uh, that skid over to the side. Which like was, I love doing stuff like that. I yeah. was going to ask, are you used around. to that now? Rolling know, around yeah. and just like, yeah, I'm one oh, with yeah. the ground. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you just knock all the dirt off yeah. of you, you change later, some more dirt comes out, it's good. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, I love that move, and the camera work was perfect. It was, like, mm-hmm. right there and everything. I love the camera work in this scene, I gotta say, mm-hmm. and this scene in particular was really, really awesome, especially with the uh, with the special effects added and everything. They seemed to put everything perfect. It really came together really nice. Yeah. And that was an incredibly rushed day for uh I forgot what it was that sort of set us behind that day, but we were shooting incredibly fast, one or two takes per angle, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it turned out. How, how often, what is it usually? Is it a little bit more like four or five per angle? or I'd say four is on a, yeah, four, three to four. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. We, we shoot pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. You better show up, know your lines. <laughs> Get to work, move on. <laughs> it's a nice little tight ship. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, we see, again, I feel like this comes from, a, this this plan came from Looney Tunes or something. It was definitely or a Star Wars. Or, or Star Wars, too. Little, there was a little hello. bit of that Ewok in there. Yeah. yeah. That's my little sound effect for it again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of Star Wars in there, too, because we see uh, Dingon and and, uh, and um, Tector holding a rope, ready to trip up this uh, this mech. <laughs> this giant mech. And this n- enormous mech, and it stops right... It, it was just hilarious how, again, great job, it stops right yeah. before the... Looks uh, at it. And just looks at it. <laughs> and, then lo- and then looks at Hal on the side, who was just hiding, and is like, hi... <laughs> With, his, with your hand up in the air, like, uh, um, yeah. hang on real quick. <laughs> my buddy Pope's coming eventually, but yeah. he's a little late flirting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we see Pope, so, so I guess Pope uh, just starts running, I guess it was that improvised? So that was the plan. The plan was oh, okay. that, that, well, we actually had to have a big talk about it on the day, because we were like, what is the plan for yeah. this one? Do, do, are we trying to trip him? Mm-hmm. Are we trying to make him stop and see the wire, just like, what happened? And then, because that takes his attention, now Pope can hit him. Regardless of what the plan was, Pope was supposed to be there quicker. But okay. because he's back there flirting with Mira, mm-hmm. it, he was a little slow. Yeah. And we weren't running it quite as tight as maybe we could have. Mm. But uh, the way that we ended up deciding to do it was that we did want to pull the rope to make him look at it, mm-hmm. but not actually trip him. Just to bring his focus to the rope to then run into him to knock him over oh. the way we did. Oh, so this was this was all yeah. part of your genius plan from the start <laughs> to to look Obviously. to look really like yeah. weird, like uh, to have your hand up <laughs> at this one moment. Hold on, Pope. Pope. <laughs> yeah. So that was part of the plan. Got it. Okay. Awesome. So you were never going to trip him up. You just wanted him to see the rope. That's the way I was playing it. <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. So uh, we see Pope and uh, Sarah racing by, and they pretty much knock the mech over, and he's all turtled up, can't even move till mm-hmm. Shaq just goes in there and pulls. Yeah, pulls what Finish, looks like yeah. a, a, little, <laughs> yeah. a little heart type thing, but it's his uh, transmission receiver, I believe yeah, they said yeah. they called it. And uh, again, I gotta say, I, I just love this relationship. I know we were talking a lot about it la- in last week's episode between Pope and Sarah. Mm-hmm. So I definitely uh, get to see that. I mean, there's there's a little bit of a Maggie quality to Sarah as well, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. But she definitely Maggie. Although Maggie's kind of gotten a little hippie this season too. Yeah, but well, yeah, she's in a hippie. That. She's in a hippie yeah. world she's right in now. Over there. She's in Shangri-La. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to see uh, to see someone with an edge like Sarah, who, not yeah. just a, an edge like. Like she can, well, she she claims she can't really. Uh, she doesn't know how to take down any of the aliens. She was asking for uh, for Pope's advice on that beforehand. I think right. she said, uh, "Yeah, how do I how do I get rid of you know take down one of these guys and uh, you know don't blow me off." All this stuff, all this all this entendre mm-hmm. talk. I noticed yeah, that she was a talking lot of that a lot of entendre talk <laughs> between her and and Pope. But uh, but yeah, again, I'm loving that that conversation between the two of them. And we see the transmitter, and then we see uh, Shaq taking that transmitter and using his Volm technology to to see the radar, so you guys can get out. So mm-hmm. pretty pretty cut and dry for you guys uh, this episode so far. I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys do with um, Shangri La. Mm-hmm. Because I'm guessing that's that's obviously where you guys are heading right yeah, now. Yeah, since we'll there's hold up there for a little while, no some wild stuff will happen. Some wild, Real stuff. wild stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, so let's talk a little bit about Shangri La. Let's just get into that really quick. So, uh, so we see that the monk, <laughs> Geminis, <laughs> that we're going to call monk because this is better. Fine. You want to call him Jedi? We'll call him Jedi. Uh, <laughs> that the Jedi's ready is uh, is pretty much uh, held hostage. He's got a hood over, uh, I guess he's even got a hood over his head. Is that, yeah. is that the hood or is that the Jedi thing? Even though I thought when they take over control, they can still see when they were using Ben. I thought they could still see whatever they're talking to. I was just wondering about that in this episode. Yeah, because Karen, when she was taken over, it, you could see she was acknowledging everything as mm. if he was. But then again, he wasn't hooded, like covered up. So maybe mm. he was just like peeking through. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> maybe he was. Good question. Uh. Mm. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can make something up again and just tell you how I get Do to it. Do it. <laughs> no, awesome. Well, uh, well, we definitely see Anne is back to her form uh, as far as, you know, she's showing no mercy on Ishveti, on, on Jedi, because, you know, we saw her do that with the skitter earlier this season. And uh, and obviously she feels that Lexi's being de- deceived by this uh, by this alien. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to get information. And uh, the alien takes control of Ben to talk to her. But we notice that, that Ben is getting into a lot of pain, that the connection uh, is not... I mean, Ishveti's making an excuse about the connection, but it yeah. seems to be like a big strain on him. Till he passes. Do you think that's because he's been harnessed for however long that that's just a side effect now from it? I don't know if I can look at you for an answer and you know that. (laughs) I don't know. It's possible, but it was just interesting at the timing of it because Mm -hmm. pretty much this was around the time when Freddy said, you know, if you don't release me, it's going to be dangerous. You know, if you if you don't. I think it was if you don't release me, it's going to be dangerous for you and everybody else. Yeah. So which was not which was meant as possibly a threat, but possibly also just part of his cause that he's trying to be peaceful yeah so to speak <laughs> he's trying to be peaceful he's trying to he's trying to bring all these races together <laughs> and if you don't let him do his job it's just going to be dangerous out there for everybody it will be explained in due time it will be okay <laughs> that's a tease right there for you yeah. a month a very big tease and i real quick i love how ann mentioned tom for once and how 
you know, he's taking her son, her other kids, and then Tom. Like, she actually mentioned Tom for mm. once. Yeah. Because the entire season so far, she hasn't wow. really cared about Tom, more yeah, about, about her Lexi daughter. Lexi. Yeah. Well, we hear that. Yeah. We yeah. hear, we, Lexi, that's Lexi, true. Lexi, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> Always well, Lexi. Well, I think. Everybody's it, concerned with Lexi. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it also goes to show, like, she doesn't know what to think of Lexi, like she said last week. She doesn't know what to think of Lexi, so might as well add some more family members to this list. Because mm-hmm. she knows she knows they're not, you know, the spawn of, of a <laughs> alien hybrid yeah. like Lexi is. So, uh, <laughs> so Anne finally proved me wrong when I said I don't really trust Anne because she hasn't mentioned anything about Tom or the fact that her son, her other son was oh, dead. So you were, you were I was questioning kind of, the allegiance. Yeah, she felt, I thought uh, she was taken over by the aliens somehow, that there was something that happened that we didn't see, which mm-hmm. obviously we'll probably... Well, I'm clear still, but you, you felt Anne was being selfish because now all yeah. Anne would talk about was Lexi, and I'm like, well, she's a mother, of course, you know. That's th- true. Yeah. yeah, she's a mother. But she's still, she's back in my good graces again. Okay, well, she mentioned Tom finally. I know. <laughs> okay, Moonblood, good. Yeah, you're okay. You're your back. job, yeah. your job is fine. It's mm-hmm. safe. Roy yep. is okay with you now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So anyway, so, uh, you know, we see that whole interaction with Ben, uh, passing out. And then we see Anne and Lexi have this conversation, uh, about, again, Lexi feels that Anne has deceived her and was only supposed to talk to the monk and not, uh, and not hold him hostage or hurt him. Waterboard him. None of that. No, no, none of them waterboarding. <laughs> none of them like that. Well, I got a question for Lexi. Have you been on a set with Lexi? I mean, obviously, probably the season you have, right? You filmed with. Yeah. Okay. Do they have fans in front of her? <laughs> they, when they do have okay. fans. Okay. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, I first came on and saw that, I was like, oh. Okay. Well, yeah. Got right. a little Beyonce thing going Get it on. Going. Yeah. We were trying. To, we were trying to figure out how many fans she has on her because it seems like even when she's doing nothing, mm-hmm. there's a fan blowing her hair, yeah. and then when she gets mad, it's like it's, it five or six crazy. more of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> yes. So, okay. yeah, no, cool. you, you were you're right on that one. All right, I love calling right. it out too. <laughs> no, that that's hair. awesome. Look at that hair. And you can't have the fans too close, or else you have that Darth Vader yeah. voice when you go too close to a fan. Yeah. Well, and does she wear contacts? Because if she wears contacts, that dries out your eyes. Well, just saying. Our contacts will be used, mm. and yes, it did draw dry your eyes out, and okay. so she'd be looking at you kind of like this, you know, one <laughs> oh, really? that way. It's a little cross-eyed, <laughs> a little bit, oh, just okay, a little wild eye. Interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, we get to see those fans in full effect this episode because as she's having this conversation with her mom, she's getting more and more angry, and uh, and she does something really. Unbelievable, I think. It was a real shocker to me. She actually does a little... Speaking of Darth Vader, speaking into a fan really closely, she actually chokes her mom Mm -hmm. with this force that she has, this this power that she has, which was really, really scary. Maybe Anne was choking on her spit and Lexi was just trying to save her with doing the Heimlich from afar with her mental powers. I'm just kidding. kidding. (laughs) I I like your ideas, though. Really good. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, you Um, probably really liked it when George Lucas called the Force midichlorians and stuff like that. Exactly. thing yeah mm-hmm. that's what i figured yeah yeah got it okay mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> nice so anyway so uh yeah so really really interesting because mm-hmm. here is lexi who's been talking about peace about having peace between uh you know the triskeleton i believe she was talking about triskelion 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 i think it's triskelion it's triskelion thank you yeah. I know it's something like that. But she's trying to have the, the unity between the races. They all can work together. Being at peace every time when Maggie lifted a gun up earlier in the season, mm-hmm. we saw her get pissed. Uh, you know, she obviously wants to keep the peace, but man, your mom just knows how to push your buttons sometimes. Don't, don't they all though? Don't they all? That's their job. They know how to push <laughs> your buttons. There's a lot of young teens out there that were like, 
Finally, choked <laughs> that mom. And, yeah. they piss, and, and she gets a little bit upset. And, and what I thought was interesting too that I want to bring up is is Anne keeps saying, "I'm your mother. I'm here to protect you. I'm doing this all for you to protect you," which I think was a really important line uh, from where Anne is coming from. And obviously, she's doing what she thinks is right for Alexi, protecting her from the monk uh, because she doesn't trust him. But but it seems to me, at least at that moment, because we know from seeing last week's episode that the monk has some other plans not it, it isn't really exactly the way mm-hmm. the way Lexi and Lourdes and anybody else there sees it that he's planning on using Lexi as a weapon <laughs> so to me it seems like Anne is actually doing the monk's work for her by pissing you know mm-hmm. by letting Lexi get mad at her she mm-hmm. she's using this weapon that the monk referred to this weapon power, and she's even using it against the humans yeah. mm-hmm. on her, her mom of all things. Mm. Literally, the way he reacts is kind of like a child, like siblings. You know, if we were related and I were to smack you, and he's our mom, mm-hmm. but you complain and you hit me back, and then I complain that like I'd cry because you hit me. Yeah, and then when you're getting in trouble, I'd make a face. That's kind of like what he's doing. Well, exactly. It, it's almost like he's he's played them off against each other by being this you know this messiah, this very this very innocent mm-hmm. Asvedi who does. Doesn't you know? Doesn't harm a soul, and he's just quiet. You want to arrest monk. me, yeah. Zen monk? You want to you want to put me in chains? You can put me in chains. You want to put me in in the box? Put me in the box. Mm. Yeah. And and meanwhile, Lexi's getting upset, and here she is attacking her mom. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that really stops her from doing any serious damage, maybe even killing her mom, is that she faints. Really, I mean, she has that moment of self-awareness of what she's doing. She faints, or it's a commercial break. I'm just kidding. She faints, <laughs> and then it's yeah. a yeah. Well, slash Hershey's both. commercial. Hershey's yes. commercial. <laughs> Hershey's commercial. Right after that. Thank you very much for that. This this section of the show brought to you by Hershey's, <laughs> bringing families together, uh, except when they faint and trying to kill their moms. Uh, not in that kind of order. Kept them together, though. Not in that order. Kept yeah. them. They kept them together. So uh, yeah. So apparently, Lexi yeah. faints, which which it seems like it was a result of using her power but uh, more importantly she seems to have gotten sick because of this maybe all the stress going on all the worry uh dr qatar is there obviously she's got two doctors lourdes who isn't supposed to be a doctor well, well, but who knows what uh, she is she, now she's, she's getting she's a education on the side somewhere she's she yeah. out as like a med student and yeah. then she was the assistant and now she's a full doctor <laughs> she just uh, yeah she's taking on and then classes. she was a b-word and then she is now well, okay. yeah. yeah that comes and goes that comes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so qatar is uh pretty much checking up on lexi and and notices that her temperature is what 118, yeah, which crazy. is 10 degrees way too high for a human being. Hello, Most she's alien. <laughs> Hello, she's alien. But she's Come still on. sick. But she's yeah. still sick. The only problem was they didn't have the fan on her, so she got kind of hot. Yeah, you know, you know what? Point. That keeps the temperature down. Yeah. yeah, but you know when you have the fan on all the time, don't you get a little sick? Don't you get tired? Uh, your sinus get, get a little worked up. Dries you up a yep. little. And it dries yep. up your contacts. <laughs> and, and your eyes, too. Yep. So all they had to do was turn off the fan, and she would have been okay. Unfortunately, Anne didn't know that, so she decided to go and attack. <laughs> <laughs> go up to the monk and, and pretty much threaten him. Uh, and, and say, uh, actually, I think she said, you took it, you've taken everything from me. That's when she said that line, I believe. Mm-hmm. To the monk about her sons, about Tom, and I'm not gonna lose Lexi because of you. And, and again, this is her 
protecting her daughter. This is exactly what she said she was going to do to Lex when she was talking to Lexi. Mm-hmm. This is her <clears throat> only way she thinks that she can protect her daughter is by hitting <laughs> hitting the monk with a two by four. It was a little rage. A metal, no, I think yeah. she, it was a little black rage because I don't know how the monk was ever going to tell her what she needed to know. Well, that's the other you interesting know? thing too there because no, there was there no was harness. There to, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there was no yeah. pen or or nobody else that was harnessed nearby. This isn't the first time we've seen Anne react this way though. Yeah. She did it with mm-hmm. the skitter uh, yeah. a few episodes ago, yeah. and, and but the skitter was harnessed though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was funny because I think they, they rectified that by having her say, "I know, I know, you can't speak to me, but you can nod your head, so nod your head," <laughs> which I thought was a little, yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'd like to see, I'd like to see it as Fetty just nodding his yeah. head. Mm. No, mm. What, covered up. Well, have too. we seen one? I'll do it. Have, <laughs> have we seen one nod their head? I don't even think we've seen a Volm nod his head yet. We've so. seen them go. Like this. Yeah, kind of have a real you know? thick neck to it. Oh, it's just like a body bend. <laughs> it would be like a bow. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of goes with the monk thing. Yeah. <laughs> it would go with the monk thing, I think. I don't even want to see what a, what a skitter, what, how a skitter she would She should have taken his hood off. She should have just taken his hood off. didn't they hood him whenever he was already tied up? Expensive to have that <laughs> on there. It, it's you yeah, cover that face up. You got to cover the face cheaper. up because yeah, the makeup <laughs> department. Yeah, yeah, the CGI is not cheap. <laughs> yeah, totally, absolutely. So, <laughs> but uh, we see Ben hanging out with Maggie with a little, you know, there's obviously a little flirtation going on with those two as well. And something. I want to hear the opinion on that. What, what do you guys? How do you feel about Sloppy this? seconds, man. Ben well, needs to get his own girl. I was going to say, this is round two for yeah. him. You know how, does Hal, yeah. how does Hal feel about it? That's what I want to know. Ben's been doing these things his whole life. Right? <laughs> Isn't the older brother supposed to be kind of used to the middle brother trying to get the older brother's girlfriends? Yeah, but he's he's doing well at it is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> he's a bit actually of a problem. bringing him in. Mm. Karen, now Maggie. But the, yeah. way, the way he does yeah. it is with his harness, so it's not really... It's true. So. It's kind of like using his handicap yeah. to bring him in. <laughs> you know? I don't know. If you want to call it a handicap, I guess so. Well, he kind of acts like it's a handicap in a way. Well, he loves and hates it. Yeah. Because he did have that, he had the one episode where he could have gotten it off. Yeah. Yes. And was like, but it kind of makes me awesome. I can't steal <laughs> yeah. my brother. It kind of makes me awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I, don't, I don't get as many ladies yeah. with this thing off. So, exactly. uh, Except for well he could have gone on. the other girl, the other harness girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah could have oh, Which I'm really glad she's not in that radius of when the Svenny was getting beaten up because then she would have been feeling the pain again for a second time no. because of Anne. <laughs> and no one would have known. <laughs> and, 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 you know, Anne would have stopped knowing, Anne stopped knowing that she was hurting Ben. But yeah. who knows if she would have stopped for exactly. anybody else. <laughs> Denny, that nah, should be alright. Right? That's okay. <laughs> Denny, she recovered yeah. last time. Yeah. L- Lourdes, I'm just gonna keep hitting him. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep hitting him. Uh, <laughs> Wait, so if he's getting the bruises, Ben's getting the bruises, how come Denny didn't get any reaction when the, oh, cause are they more powerful? Than the uh, skitter when the Possibly, skitter got stabbed, but that is weird because it could have should have killed him. Yeah, Denny should have been. There. But yeah. she well, didn't fall. Over. He knocked her out and passed her. Or whatever happened to her? But yeah, nothing physical happened. to I her. I think it, it just goes to show you get. Well, first of all, um, with uh, with the uh, what, what's the other girl's name that, that the other harness one that Denny? hangs out with it? Denny. Yeah. With Denny, uh, that was a skitter. That was actually um, talking. Mm-hmm. You know, this is Esveni, and the only other Esveni we've seen really um, using somebody so far, at least the main character, is Karen. Well, and the, Karen other, the other kid when the Robocop got burned. 
When Scorch. <laughs> when Scorch. Oh, and the, well, I mean, as yeah. far as main characters go, yeah. That's I mean, true. but yeah, obviously he didn't get hurt either. So, and it seems also based on that earlier scene when Ben was getting hurt for whatever reason, and the excuse was that he couldn't take the have, connection. Yeah, yeah, we have seen overlords inflict pain, yeah. so maybe he was doing that. Yeah. Okay. It's, huh. So it's quite possible that uh, that the monk's giving Ben this pain. You know, he's he, he he's can transfer it and transferring it. it to Ben. Exactly, yeah. it might be a power that that he can use. And also, uh, it just seems to be something very special about this uh, about this Ishveni, considering he seems to be somewhat related or, or, or has a one-on-one conversation with the Overlord <laughs> in that magical land of, uh, of Mount Doom of hell, <laughs> that, that level of hell that they talk to. So obviously they have these special powers that we're completely unaware of, so it's possible that that, that has something to do with it too. But it, again, another really interesting scene, seeing and, and a great shot selection also seeing Anne hit bludgeon uh, the monk, and then seeing the bruises appear on Ben's body. A uh, really good shot of uh, Maggie taking off Ben's shirt, just for the ladies out there, <laughs> and then seeing seeing mm. random bruises just pop up. Looking nice. But yeah, you've mentioned the the shots a couple of times, and um, this particular episode was directed by our director of photography. Oh, really? So, throughout the whole show, Nate Goodman is our director of photography, and this is the first time they let him direct an episode. So was he doing this both? Is- was he doing? Um, no, he, we actually swap off. We okay. had two guys mm-hmm. that uh, the DP the show, and uh, on his off episode, he came. So in. this is okay. the first time he's directed this episode. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. awesome because I don't think I've really ever really looked at the shot placement and the say and talked about it on the show like I have in this one. I thought that was I was gonna mention it and I thought ah, we'll see if it comes around. But you've said it twice. Yeah, <laughs> thought, you know what? That's that's interesting because as we were shooting it. I was wondering if it was going to look a little different. Not different, because, I mean, he's the one setting the shots up. Yeah. But I did feel like he sort of took it to the next level. But he, he obviously has a little more control, I guess, in post as far as cutting and everything. Right. So it definitely, there was something really interesting about mm-hmm. those action scenes. A lot of hinges that, that they were doing. and Yeah. Interesting like the one scene with the truck with Pope and Sarah yeah. when they, when they knocked over the over. mech. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great hinge yeah. right there. As well as the, uh, the, the, the Velociraptor scene in the kitchen. <laughs> yes. they kind of hinged around. Oh, yeah. Saw it, came back, saw him in the, in the, yeah. the mirror. That was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, does he uh, direct any other episodes this season, or is uh, not one? this season, no, but uh, I would be surprised if he didn't direct next season, with All the right. fifth season coming in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, again, love love the shots, uh, the shot placement, the shot selection, um, the editing mm-hmm. with and it. It's always so. nice mm-hmm. having somebody who's that into the show direct as well, because sometimes you have a director come in, and it's a lot of stuff you have to catch up on to be yeah. able to know all the mythology of what's going on and somebody like that they're in it mm. you know these are things we deal with every day even though right here when we try to figure some things out I don't always know <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that I can totally understand that so uh, so we get to see um, we get to see Ben getting these bruises and that's what stops Anne from beating uh, well, that and the fact that Ben kept saying flower, <laughs> which which is, it's really sad when you think about it. That another Bambi he, reference, by the way. Another Bambi reference. Oh. There you go. But it's also really sad to think <laughs> that, that Anne's doing all this beating on on uh, the monk and can't get a word out of him because there's nobody in the room <laughs> that can give him a word. She just wants him to nod. And how can you nod? Yeah. How can you nod flower? 
power. You obviously haven't played charades. I, I was gonna say <laughs> that. Yeah. So you know, if he could have like done something, but that would have been an awesome scene if he played charades with Anne before you know she beat him up or something like that. And he's like three words, yeah. and he's like, it sounds like a movie. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it would have been great seeing that. Although I'm sure the special effects and makeup would have been through the roof for that one. Uh, <laughs> for a charades game, but uh, anyway, so uh, so just to speed things along, Anne knows exactly by that one word what the monk's talking about. Flower? I know flower. Uh, I got it. They actually did, I forgot what it was, but it was either last episode or the episode before, she does hand uh, Anne a flower. Mm. It makes some very subtle reference to it. Oh, okay. And Anne being sharp, you know. She's caught that up. Picked that right up. Made that into a nice little tea. Mm -hmm. And then uh, then fed it over to Lexi, and Lexi is feeling better already. No, she gave it to Lourdes. Oh, that's right. Lourdes. She gave it to Lourdes, who yes. gave it to Lexi, because then she tells Lourdes, we're on the same side, you know? Yeah. We're on the same side, Lourdes. Stop being so annoying. Yeah. To, you know, <laughs> this is nothing against Seychelles. Not this at is all. Lourdes. No, wait, no they, they, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because I swear, every time she talks, sometimes I'm like, why is she still here? Oh, why is she still like, alive? Okay. I mean, I mean, she's doing a, she, Seychelles doing a great job doing Lourdes, but mm-hmm. this one, this one in particular, just seeing her being overprotective over, over Lexi, especially like, you were feral. Last season, you yeah. were like people hated you, and you were fair. And I'm not talking about people like the audience, right. like like your own camp hated you, yeah. and now you are the right hand person to Lexi. Mm-hmm. So it was just really weird. Yeah, yeah but um, Lexi did pull the uh, the, the, the snot skitters yeah. out though. Yes, which was a lot less there. painful than what you got when you uh, yeah, had to get yours out. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love the pain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so Lexi's feeling better, and uh, Lexi asks for some more tea. But right before she, uh, right right when Anne just turns her head away, she says mm-hmm. something. Yeah. That's She's exactly a really good the, that's a that's quote. Good, huh? yeah. that, word for word, you got it. I'm surprised you got yeah, it on the first time. They brought thing. me in for ADR. She couldn't quite get it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, and Lourdes runs off. So we know everybody pretty much except for Anne right away knows something's up. Mm. And uh, and and I think the line that that uh, Lexi says that's really interesting is, you know, you I didn't realize you're going to make me choose between you and the monk, mm. you and East Freddy. And, uh, which is like pretty much foreshadowing that something's yeah. up. That's something's big up. Stuff. And she's about to make a choice, and Anne might not like the choice that she's about to make. So, really interesting. And why wasn't someone watching Lourdes more? How did the monk get out? Like, if Lourdes comes in, hey, I'm gonna take over right now. Cool. You, it's me, it's and, Lourdes. Yeah. I'm Rep- always solid. Exactly. If you could just all <laughs> yeah. please uh, just step outside five well, minutes. Yeah. It seems it seems like she's second in command and I mean other than the fact that Anne is is she's pretty like much in the way, Anne and and uh and Ben are in the way. She's like a Karen in yeah. a way. You know, she's she's has that role. She's not Lourdes anymore. She's taken over something inside of her or whatever it is. But you know, at least Karen was actually you know, the, the Ishvedi were, were pretty much harnessed her, and she, was, and she was, it was, it was against her will, more or less. Maybe she enjoyed it, but it was against her will. <laughs> Lourdes is just, it's her own decision. Yeah. It's her, she's making these own lame, bogus decisions, <laughs> and especially after she was infected last season and was a traitor last season, and now here she is. Can you really blame her though? Last season. I mean, her boyfriend her. died the season before. I, I get you that. Know? I get no, that. It's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. I get that. It's just so weird. And Hal wouldn't go after her. 
going after a carrot. <laughs> I'll mess her up back in the very beginning. Yeah. It's all my fault. Maybe it actually. is your fault, I you know? She's got issues, yeah. She that one time, yeah. and I kind of turned her down, and it's just been bad since. Way yeah. to go. Down Way to go. Though. I know, that's my bad. But okay. anyway, so we uh, so we pretty much we see that uh, Lourdes disappears, and we end up finding out that the monk escapes. Mm-hmm. So the monk is gone, and here's a revelation where Anne realizes that uh, that... Lexi will do what it ha- whatever it has to take to protect the monk. Yeah. And Lexi even says, you're my mother, but he's my father. You know, I don't understand why Anne didn't realize that Lexi would do something like this because Lexi just choked her. How could she not realize yeah. that Lexi is not really on her side? I think, well, I think the fact that she fainted and was feeling ill kind of made, probably made Anne think. On the, the, the death Death's door. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. There. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because of that, and then her coming back around, she forgot. The she got to play mother, and too. so yeah, she kind of. She uh, she took on the role of mother. She went from being like overprotector yeah. to okay. mother. That's fair. Maybe. You know, after all that, good scene, point, but yeah. yeah, after all that scene, that scene in the bed, even though Lourdes was there to take the tea from, and you know, it was a typical like, oh, you know, a mother watching over her sick daughter mm-hmm. or son and getting them tea and I don't and know why she wasn't good. giving her the tea herself but whatever well because Lourdes is so damn in <laughs> the face I, <laughs> I got this I got I'm surprised it. Lourdes I'm surprised Lourdes didn't taste it like the official yeah. poison taster <laughs> give me a second no, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not dying here you go Lexi here you go so uh, yeah so pretty much we, uh, the monk is free so we'll wait to see what happens there mm-hmm. and uh and Lexi pretty much laid it down to her mom, said, I'm going to protect him, and and no matter what you feel, I'm going to protect him as well. He's my dad. Yes. So that's where we leave father. off. That's where we leave the father. That's where we leave off with her, and then I'm guessing we'll see Hal in Shangri-La with his group next week. Uh, let's go back now to Tom, and uh, let's talk about Cooper and Nix. We see these new two new characters, and I think it's really funny because you even said it. You're like, the last time Tom walked up to a family. Yeah, strangers. <laughs> strangers, strangers came up season, to them. That was the that lost the horses. That didn't go over so well. So uh, this one kind of seems similar. I mean, at first we see uh, we see them say, you know, Tom's looking for food because Matt's so hungry, and we see them say they have no food. But then once they find out it's Tom Mason, they're like, "You're the ghost. Yeah, you're a legend. (laughs) We know you." And which, which obviously for me, I thought that was weird that uh, as well. It's not like, you know, 2014 here and, you know, you're not tweeting it. (laughs) It's not on Facebook. Yeah. You know, what do they got? Smoke signals? I don't know. I mean, these people, they don't look like they have much. And yet they've heard of the legend of Tom Mason. True. But I mean, last season they had someone fly into their airport and say, oh, we're part of the, um, what, a different area that's yeah, looking. where the president was. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. so, or what, it was two seasons ago. Huh? That was two seasons ago. Yeah. But still, there's that. Maybe there's that kind of communication. Well, too, these two guys are by themselves and not part of a large camp, so they're just yeah. these two vagabonds, for all we know. And uh, they seem to be like kind of just rummaging for food. Although they have, they're really well stocked. Mm-hmm. And we get to hear a little bit of a backstory. And I swear, when Nick said he w- used to work at Goldman Sachs, we should have known that yeah. something was up right then. And there. Get out. That's get that's out. automatic <laughs> evil villain job. Yeah, he's never going to be good when that's, you start there. We need to give backstory to this guy. Make him seem like he's not all there. He might be evil. What can we say? Oh, I get it. Give him yeah. Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs. So that whole scene was really dark to begin with. It reminded me of The Walking Dead and was it the finale? Do you watch The Walking Dead? I do, but I'm not caught up. Okay, so I'm not going to spoil it, but there is a scene where it's dark and they're in with Terminus? families they meet no, no, before that, where they meet strangers. 
And okay. anyways, different show. But we'll it got that really it. weird vibe, and I was like, oh. well, then, there's been a couple of scenes like that in The Walking Dead. There was true. that one. Um, there was that one. I think it was the beginning of season. I want to say season two. When it, oh, anyway, yeah. you know, <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about it some other time. Don't um, spoil it because it's, it's a huge that. point. So. Yeah, past season two, yeah, it was yeah, the guy. Okay. It was the guy that was the villain in. Um, he was the villain in the first season of True Blood. He was the one, uh, Renee from True Blood. I can't remember his name right now. He was also in Terriers. That actor. He was a really good actor. And, and, and uh, he was in the it was Walking actually Dead? season. It was season maybe the beginning of season three. I'll, I'm going to digress for one second. <laughs> it was when Herschel was drinking at this bar. He ran off, and then and then Rick went to find him, and there were these two guys. Hmm. Anyway, oh, okay, that's it. I'm just gonna say that someone right. someone will fix someone will correct me on YouTube. Uh, they always <laughs> do. So uh, anyway, so we have Nick and Cooper. Cooper is just, it, Cooper seems very very troubled. By the way, Cooper played by Aaron Douglas, who is in a million uh, things, but most notably he is a chief on uh, on um, Battlestar Galactica. So awesome to see him, and he obviously Cooper is very very tormented over some stuff. Uh, so we see that right away. Nick seems to do most of the talking. Nick seems to know exactly what to say. Uh, kind of nice little catch when, uh, when Tom asks how they're fully stocked, how they have so much food. And Nick gives the story about being at a, uh, finding a Mormon townhouse mm-hmm. or farmhouse, excuse me, Mormon farmhouse. And then Tom's like, with, Alcohol with whiskey. whiskey <laughs> he goes, "Well, Jack Mormons drink." Hey, am I right? And then they just do a little tap. I know. Am I, am I right? Come on. <laughs> wink, wink, nod, nod, elbow, elbow, and uh, and luckily Tom and Dan see right through that uh, and see something's up. Uh, as they should every time you see a human anywhere that's not in, yeah. a, in a major camp, apparently. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so we see we see a really shocking scene, actually, I thought it was really shocking when we see Nick go up to Tom after he has first watch and distracts him. And, uh, and Cooper just starts unloading his gun into two sleeping bags, which... You know, as I joke, he was going like this. Yeah, he's looking away. He's not even looking at them. Yeah, and he's shooting. And I thought that was well. That's very again, very telling. I mean, also even before that, when they were talking, and and Nick talks about Cooper. Cooper throws a knife Mm -hmm. at uh, at Nick, and it misses purposely, perhaps, but still, kind of a very odd thing you do to your Mm -hmm. with your brother or your friend. Oh, there he goes again, throwing his knife. Throwing his knife dangerously dangerously close to me. Yeah, there you go. Which I thought that was going to be something completely different like Cooper was a creep or something with little boys and that's why I was like TNT what's going oh, wow. on you know God, that would have been something yeah, yeah. so that's why I was really thrown off by that yeah, yeah it was a good, good idea we can yeah. bring you on the writing right we hey you want to turn the show upside down you got it TNT yeah. <laughs> but uh but anyway uh, let me let me speed over this because we're gonna run a little bit over I've just been told so uh so we see uh we see Nick and Cooper take Tom hostage because they they assumed right now that Dan and Matt are dead mm-hmm. and uh and <laughs> luckily Tom being smart as he is, leaving little trail, little, little breadcrumbs, and uh, and the deal is Nick wants to make a deal with the Ishveni, and hopefully he will be, they'll be released, they won't be bugged ever again. It was really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom does a lot of mind games with Cooper. Uh, again, beautiful playing by Aaron Douglas. I really loved how tormented he was. They have a little fight, and uh, but at the same time, he gets to bond with him over his kids. Mm-hmm. And all this while, while Dan and Matt are following, again, this is really important, I think, especially for Matt's um, arc. Matt's pissed. Matt is angry. Matt wants that to... Mason fire. Yeah, he's got mm-hmm. that Mason fire, and he really wants to kill... He wants to kill these guys for what they did, uh, taking away Tom. And and again, another another character saying, 
look what the, look what's happened to my family because of this. We've all been separated, blah, blah, blah. And he wants revenge. Mm-hmm. And we see that. I think it's important. We see that when uh, Dan is about to take a shot, possibly, to kill Cooper, which we're finally starting to feel a little empathy for at this point, because mm-hmm. that's when he's having that conversation about his kids. And all of a sudden, Matt's like, give me the gun, which is a complete 180 from the scene in the very beginning with the rabbit, which I thought was very, very touching. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, because this is a Steven Spielberg production and on TNT, uh, there are lots of moral values in, in, in put in, as, mm-hmm. as Weaver had a little, like, Mr. Drummond talk, as I like to say, <laughs> from different strokes. <laughs> he likes to do a little Mr. Drummond talk <laughs> about, you know, not being angry and not using your anger like that. And, uh, and luckily, uh, Bambi gets saved <laughs> again yeah. this time. Sure. This he time can be by Bambi. Matt Holt, he could be Bambi. <laughs> episode. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. For a little while. Yeah. Um, because then we find out that Nick, and really, Nick, obviously making a deal for Tom, we find out that he's also made a deal for Cooper's, Cooper's sons, and that's how they got out, uh, out of the skitter camp. Yeah. Which is really, really sad. And, yeah. and really, if I was, uh, if I was Cooper, I would be like, you know, you do that with my sons. How? Yeah, who's to yeah. say you wouldn't do that with me? You, yeah. Who's to say you wouldn't do that with yeah. me eventually? Even though they had this whole love thing, I love you. I wouldn't do this to you. Yeah. And uh, his line saying, "You were their uncle." That yeah. was that was a deep mm-hmm. line for just so simple. It was such mm-hmm. a very tragic. It was really a tragic relationship. And of course, Cooper ends up shooting Nick, and uh, and then Cooper just again goes a little psycho, is about to kill Tom, and luckily is saved in the nick of time by uh, by Dan. Mm-hmm. So a beautiful scene. I mean, good job performances by both. I don't have Nick's name. It wasn't on IMDb. Uh, if someone has it, they can feel free to mention it. But uh, but beautiful, beautiful job by both. And uh, so right now, what we see is everyone's heading towards Shangri La. And it going looks like right. Hal's gonna, looks like Hal's gonna make it there first. Now we see that Tom, Tom knows where to go. And now that they're done with Cooper and Nick, they hopefully won't have any problems getting over there. So we're definitely gonna see, uh, a lot of people together. So it's very exciting to see where this ends up. And, and definitely, uh, minor spoilers for those of you who don't like to watch the, uh, clips from next week. So for the next 20 seconds, just, you know, we see this, <laughs> yeah, we see this cocoon type thing that ends in and it's something that's gonna be a Comic Con. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Um, before we get into predictions, I want to definitely let's talk to you more in depth because I feel like we spent a lot of time on this, and I definitely want to don't want to take away from that. Mm-hmm. So awesome! First of all, you know, thank you for, so much for coming along Thanks here. For yeah. Yeah. So uh, four seasons in, and and you know we should bring this up too. I mean, you know, one more season. It's been announced already. One more season of Falling Skies, which the you mentioned. One. You're very excited about this coming to an end. Why? Um, why is that? Well, you, you, that was an interesting way to phrase it. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Nando, uh, <laughs> sorry, of the storyline coming to an end. You're right. Thank you. Conclusion. Um, but yes, I, I think it's especially when you're doing science fiction stuff, and it, we've got a lot of storylines really floating around right now. Mm-hmm. That I think it was a, a nice thing to be able to say, okay, we have one last season. Let's bring it back together. Mm. Maybe not put a bow on top of it, but let's see how this thing should sort of end mm-hmm. and uh, from what the writers are telling us they've got some pretty cool ideas so now did they know from the first season if they were to have so many seasons that they've had that they know where they would want to take the show originally yes they had this thing they called the bible of what they wanted mm-hmm. so they knew where it started obviously and where they wanted it at the end okay but i'm not sure if that's fully truthful anymore because we've had three different writing staffs mm. and every time a new writing staff comes in it seemed like the little bit of a twist would be put on where it was going, which I think really worked out well. Because if the trajectory was this, 
and then you had these new guys come in and just shook it up and uh, kept okay. it did, did they ever give you a hint of what what's to come, like the end, like what their end game is? Not really, no. Okay, no. so it's all really fresh to you as you're getting scripts. Like you don't, don't know what direction ultimately yeah, you're going. I don't really like to know what's going to come. Only, okay, the only thing I like to ever know is if it has something to do with the character. So, mm. say last season with the evil Hal, I wanted to know what the motivation was for mm. that. I, I didn't want. I don't want to have to read a script and then find out, oh, well, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I would have played that scene in the mm-hmm. last episode a little differently. Otherwise, I kind of like to just be surprised by it. I love to read the script mm. without anybody telling me anything. Because the first time you get to go on that ride, mm. the way we just did watching this episode, you didn't know what was coming. Yeah. Nobody had influenced you with anything. How um, awesome was it playing Evil Hal? Because that <laughs> no, seemed love... like you had so much fun. I mean, it seemed like you obviously were like evil, like, ooh. But at the same time, I could, I could imagine you, the actor... Loving to change your your role a bit and have some fun and yeah. throw some monkey wrenches in Especially there. Especially with you know the great thing about shooting a TV show is that you get to have this one character that you continue to to find new things to play with them season after season, and then you have something like that come in, mm-hmm. and it's basically having a whole new character, mm-hmm. but you still have to anchor it to whatever you've already mm-hmm. made of this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be honest when when I had to do that uh, the mirror scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, fellas, what, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> okay, uh, here comes my golem. <laughs> but I, I actually, um, I was I was quite pleased with everything that, that came from the Evil House stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and like you were saying, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. I felt like there was definitely a lot of ambitious... Um, work last season in the sense that you also had that Inception type episode which oh, I thought was really yeah. really great where, where they were trying to get the secret we all love that from... episode yeah mm-hmm. I mean because we all read the scripts and like oh okay that's cool yeah so this is what's going to happen that one nobody has ever talked about an episode on set more than that one just because you got to see these characters back in what might have been the mm-hmm. real world and and the little plays on things that they were doing and then little hints that you know like the Rita stuff uh, knowing that Rita was one of Hal's old girlfriends mm-hmm. and then getting to see her in that episode I absolutely loved it mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought they were just gems throughout that episode that somebody who really watches the show would be like oh wow that's clever that's nice that was mm. <laughs> have you been have you been shocked at all at um, just how the past four years have been for you since jumping on Falling Skies and how it's been you know how it's been taken and, and obviously you know you're going to Comic Con this week yeah. we talked a little bit about it so you get a big thrill out of going there it has been one of the coolest experiences. I came out here from Alabama having no idea what acting was. Mm-hmm. I just figured, yeah, my little town of 30,000, everything seemed pretty easy. I'm going to L.A. Never been on stage, never been in front of a camera. So the fact that I finally I ended up on a show, that in and of itself was just ridiculously crazy. Mm. Um, but the cool thing about being on the show is that there is a pretty nice fan base, but at the same time, I can live my life however I want to live. Like, I don't get stopped on the street. Mm. Airports sometimes, but then you go to Comic-Con yeah. and you feel like a rock star. I mean, these <laughs> the fans show up and everybody's just loving hearing whatever you say. I'll say a bad joke and you'll get a couple of laughs. I'm like, oh, thank you guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> now, I can imagine. I mean, and it's such a it's such an awesome experience to go down there and you guys have been there for the past uh, three seasons, I believe, or three years. 
yeah. Or four years, I guess I now, right? It'll be four. four this will be, be the fourth time. Yeah. This will be the fourth time yeah. for you. For me, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Moon and Noah did an additional one. And it's great because I see you guys get like uh, escorted around in the convention center to go for your signings. Mm-hmm. And of course, TNT always does a good job with the booths, trying mm-hmm. to decorate it. There was that one year. I think it was harnessed. two years ago. With the heart, you can get yeah. harnessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they definitely have played a lot. And I and I will say, it seems like. It seems like TNT really has um, taken, you know, taken advantage of, of the success they've had with you guys mm-hmm. and are starting to build an arsenal, yeah. which is, again, I, I think almost a surprise that, that they've announced the last season for Falling Skies because, you know, you got The Last Ship and you got Legends coming out now and those are all going to be down there too. Mm-hmm. And again, you guys have built such a great following so far. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's lots of uh, really interesting nuances you could still do with this show. I'm sure we could. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, w- I would be tickled to do six, seven, eight, but at the same time, doing mm. five, I'm completely fine with as well. Yeah. And what I like, too, is the shortened seasons also, I think, um, people don't get tired of it. I think mm. after the 22, 23 episode season, sometimes you have some filler episodes Definitely, in there, and yeah. it, it does that. What do you think of... Um, uh, stop me if you if you have a question, Roy. No, I'm just, go for it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just me and I'm Drew. listening. Just me and Drew right now. <laughs> Hit me with what you yeah. get. Um, I thought it was a really interesting way to start um, season four. I thought uh, having the Volm pretty much disappear. I know part of it probably was because of the effects budget, <laughs> but uh, you know, oh god, how are we going to put all these? Vol- <laughs> how are we get all these Volms here for a whole season? Um, but I, I thought it was a really, really interesting uh, thing to have the Volms here come in as saviors at the end of episode uh, of season three. Mm-hmm. So somewhat saviors, and then, then there's that little bit of a hint at the finale right. that something's fishy, but everything seemed to be rectified, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we find out that the Volm leave after yeah. three weeks. Out, we're done, and yeah. it's just. Cochise and Shaq and a couple of other uh, background around, guys. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. And just to see you guys get set, it, it seemed like a reset. Is that what it felt like when you guys started reading the scripts? It did. And what I liked about it was we were pairing people up that don't necessarily talk to each other mm-hmm. all the time. So yeah. that was kind of nice to have. I mean, we still had Tom and Dan together and, and Hal in, in that one camp, but we got to see characters interact in a way that you, you don't usually get to see with Anne and Anthony mm-hmm. and everything going on over at the Shangri-La um, yeah. I, I really appreciated all that, but um, I've enjoyed this whole thing of these four groups slowly trying to come back together mm. and find each other. Have you guys were you guys shooting apart from each other for this stuff? Or, we I guess were, or? yeah. Um, th- th- most of the most of us had great schedules this year, just because you'd work two days, you'd shoot everything. We mm-hmm. shoot episodes in about eight days, so you'd work two days and you'd be done. <laughs> but by some miracle, I would still work every single day. <laughs> really? I'd have like one scene every day, as opposed to all my scenes in one day. But it was kind of nice because you get to you, you stay in touch with everybody and you get to see what's going on in the other scenes sometimes. Mm-hmm. But um, all the Shangri La stuff would be shot. In, it was actually downtown, mm-hmm. and that was the the best place. Not to Chinatown, shoot not China, just downtown. Well, it was in Chinatown. Got downtown. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you don't really get rained on there. It's not the the nitty gritty that it is for the rest of the show. But mm-hmm. you have to ADR almost everything there. You got cars going by, yeah. horns and whatnot. What do you think? Uh, we're gonna have to wrap this up real soon, but I just want to definitely get what do you think's been the biggest thing about Hal's uh, character arc? Throughout this uh, this journey so far, uh, the thing I liked about playing Hal was that I'm older than Hal is, but at the same time, Hal uh, is in this world where he's having to grow up quicker than he normally would. So mm-hmm. I always like to look for places where that I could show that that youth and that innocence of Hal, but at the same time, have him be smarter and more mature than he should be at that particular moment. But then as seasons begin to stack up on top of each other, mm-hmm. you have to find these small little layers to put in there to to show a growth. 
And um, for Hal, I, I think from the get go, he was he's he's a thinker with his heart, not his head. Mm. And so if you're in that inner circle, mm-hmm. he'll do anything for you. And mm. um, then when you see things with the, just the whole thing with the evil Hal stuff, I wanted there to still be the howl in there hmm. that knew what he was doing and having to fight against it which was the story uh, line as well but uh I, I just thought that was a, an interesting thing that that heart of a howl was so strong that it, you could never shake that from it hmm. like golem like what you mentioned like golem, golem. Like golem. <laughs> totally so uh we gotta get into predictions well, real- but <laughs> you um and also said that you are <laughs> Okay. Bumpers okay. a little yeah, early, yeah. but go we're, ahead. What were you going to say, Roya? You were working on a film, or you just wrapped up a film that you were shooting? Yeah, uh, I got to shoot up in Alaska. I'd been wanting mm-hmm. to go to Alaska for a while, because, you know, Vancouver's halfway there, but mm-hmm. it's actually quite tough to go anywhere when you're shooting. But, uh, yeah, this movie came up. Uh, it's called Sugar Mountain. Uh, we got to shoot up there for about six weeks and uh, had a fantastic time. Sweet. And when would that be coming out, probably? Um, We're shooting for... Like every indie film, uh, Sundance. So that would be, what is that, February? January, okay. February? Awesome. But, so, um, yeah, I actually got to see a cut the other day. Everything's looking really great. Mm-hmm. We're uh, still smoothing things over and getting things the way Any we ADR? like them. Probably a little ADR, but not, <laughs> not falling sure skies. So. <laughs> so, okay, cool. So, uh, I was going to say that for the very end. Oh, I'm so cool. sorry. I no, because because I wanted I wanted the bumper to come out oh, predictions yeah. and then say no, no. Because no, I had a, I had a, I had an ulterior motive. <laughs> I had an ulterior motive, but I'm going to describe it. I wanted I wanted the bumper to go and go. Okay. And now you're after predictions, and I want to go, Drew. Okay, what happens next? What happens next? That's what I want to do. Oh. But it got ruined. But Drew, so what happens next? There you go. What uh, happens next? What happens? So we're going we're to have a little uh, okay. little reunion. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lexi's going to go off deep in. We're going to see some interesting Lexi stuff it, coming. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. More All right. fans? More fans. More fans. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes, you might get that big fan back I want to know. I want to know if next season Lexi turns into a 90-year-old woman. That's what I predict. <laughs> uh, well, that's a big spoiler We're going to see that. Any predictions for you, Roy? Uh, I think finally this is going to be the episode that Maggie and Ben are going to start kindling their little fire. Damn, doing, I was going to say. They're gonna, yeah, because he's got some bruises. You know, no, I'm not cheering no. for it. I just, they're going to make know, some a Val chicken wow wow yeah, time, you know? Do that right next to Hal. You're yeah. talking about this right next to Hal. And Hal's going to walk in and then... Oh, not well, in on it. I just mean he's gonna walk in on this weird sexual tension. You might be onto something. So, I, I, I actually I remember how it on the walking in or week. on the sexual tension part. Both. I'm just kidding. A little bit of a little bit of column A, a little bit of yeah. column B. So uh, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I definitely feel that um, that we're gonna at least even make out finally, and uh, and there's a, gonna be a little triangle now that Hal's there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it'll be very very interesting, and uh, yeah, we'll see how many fans Lexi has. <laughs> see, you know, hopefully, is she gonna be a Comic Con too? Um, she is. Yep. She is. Yep. She should have fans at the panel. They should. There should be fans for her. <laughs> <laughs> they should totally. If not, you should bring her a little one. So, her, you know. Do you know when you're maybe before one up? Before we go, um, do you know what day your panel is for Comic Con? For those who might it's be the Friday. I don't know what it's Friday. It's Friday. Okay, so yeah. Friday. If you're in San Diego and you have passes for Comic Con, the Falling Skies panel is going to be on Friday. Okay, so you I'm going to be in through. San Diego. You'll let me in, right? Come, okay. Come yeah, on in. Absolutely. Yeah. And then where? And then. Uh, 
we have a movie for you coming out that, that, uh, for Sundance. And then where can we find you on Twitter for those of you who want to follow uh, you? What is it? Drew underscore Roy. Drew underscore Roy. Yeah. Awesome. Drew and Roy, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HeyRoy. That's H-E-Y-R-O-Y-A. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. And here on other AfterBuzz shows. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of Falling Skies. Good night. Thanks. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 